Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mystery on the rocks, oh yeah. Mystery on the rocks, yeah. Mystery on the rocks, yeah. And welcome to another episode of Mystery on the Rocks, the show that takes unsolved true mysteries and cocktails, puts them together, and you are listening, you're listening to this, this is your fault that we do this, it's because of you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice one. That's, a, that's, uh, that's my nice favourite intro, yeah. Um, with me as always is the amazing Suze Kepner. Good morning. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> it's afternoon. It's not really morning, <laughs> it's the evening. It depends um, when you listen to it, because the episodes drop in the morning. I don't this care when they listen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the fantastic Chris Stokes. Hello. And I'm Masood Milas. Hello. Episode uh, 139. Masood does my favorite introduction. Wow. It only took me 139 episodes to do it. That's Nailed it. Oh, oh, well, thank you, Chris. Um, how are you guys? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Thank Good, you. thanks. Um, today is the day that the photos came out from Downing Street of the parties. So what we're about to say was topical when we said Yeah, it. yeah. So in yes. a few weeks from now, you'll hear this and go, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's me writing any topical material <laughs> or any new material. I'll usually mm. write something and it'll be something. So people like, I'm like, remember Street Sharks? Everyone's like, no, the fucking cartoon <laughs> from the 90s. Very topical, Masood. Do you know what I thought about the other day? Cartoon show from the 90s, Bike mm. and Ice from Mars. Fuck yeah. yeah. Um, the Limburger. Yeah. Why did I think about Biker Mice from Mars? It was all that era, wasn't it? When it when like Street Sharks and all that. There Galaxy was, definitely High. talked about. Oh yeah, Galaxy High was good. You were talking right? about Biker Mice from Mars. There was a friend of mine who was. Um, he thought the character Vinny, who was the white mouse, was a girl, and I was like, "Oh, it's not a girl. It's a guy." But if you're into that, that's totally fine. He's like, "No, it's it's a girl." I'm like. I mean, like, it doesn't really matter. Like, 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 he thought the bike of ice from Mars were handsome. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. Like, no, the girls, like, if no, the, the, the totally three girls, fine. the three girls. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's totally okay for that to be, you know, hey, nobody cares. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Did that, do you remember when, like, when we were um, teenagers and loads of boys in your class thought that handsome were girls and be like, they're fit. And you're like, but they're dudes, and they're like, no, they're not. No, I seem to remember there being a guy who like got like super, super defensive about it, and like was like really like about to punch one of us. And we're like, dude, it's totally fine. Don't worry about it. He's like, no, no, they're not. You're like, just, just chill. He's like, no homo, no homo. What are we drinking, everybody? I have a banana old fashioned. 
Oh, a banana old fashioned. Yeah. What kind of uh, crazy cocktail sorcery have you done to make that? You'll be disappointed. It's basically it's bourbon bitters and banana liqueur. Ah, instead of orange. It's it's drinkable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't like bananas, but I like the idea of adding any liqueur you want to to whiskey and just being like it's an old fashioned, but with this flavour. Banana liqueur sort of like intrigues me a bit because I quite like a banana flavoured thing. Yeah. Indeed, I quite like a banana. (laughs) I don't know why that makes me laugh. I don't know why. I think it's me picturing you eating a banana on a bench. You could could even just have a banana. (laughs) There's something that I can't quite get over when it comes to, um, you know, in the same way that um, people sneer at you for drinking Midori. Like melon yeah, liqueur. Yeah, And it's like, you know, obviously I wouldn't order a glass of banana liqueur. No, like it's there, it's, there to, it's there to make a drink out of. But yeah. it's still, I, st- I still feel like, oh, I'm, I've got banana liqueur and I'm making a drink out of it. It's, I don't know. I, I, it's my own snobbery I've got to get over, I reckon. Well, it's like when, when we were chatting to this, this guy who worked at a Michelin bar, Michelin starred restaurant that has a bar on it. And we were talking about, cocktails and he was like i and he i'm like he's working a mission star bar and he's like i don't like when people are snobby about fucking cocktails i love pina coladas and i'm like i'm glad you love pina coladas. i love pina coladas they were my but, first cocktail when yeah. i was a little kid it's a great drink i was 22 <laughs> i had my first cocktail when she I was used to sit down in front of the snorks mom the snorks are on bring me a pina colada <laughs> what are you drinking Suze? I'm sorry, it's nothing interesting. It's just um, a Frangelico and lemon. I've had Frangelico and lime oh. before, oh. Uh, and I saw the you lemon were... on the side. I feel like you made up the Frangelico and lime. Yeah, uh, no, it's a, a it's a drink. No, it's a drink that pe- people have. It's a serving suggestion. Frangelico and lime over ice. <laughs> a serving suggestion. Serving, serving it's suggestion. a serving suggestion. Like, like Cheerios and milk. <laughs> I poured one for John Robbins on his birthday, and he said, "This tastes like dog shit." So uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, you would think it's one that I've made up. Anyway, Frangelico and lemon juice is. Um, I mean, you know what lemon juice tastes like. You know what lime juice tastes like. Each have their own zing. This is its own zing. It's, it's like, good. That's what's on. You the should back. call it its, uh, its own zing. It's called zing. its own zing. I feel like that's on the back of those little uh, the plastic lime and lemon juice things. It's like, what does it taste like? You know what lemon juice tastes like? The lime one says, Your lime, you know, juice. lime juice tastes like. No, no. What are what are you drinking, Masood? I'm drinking a, a bramble, but I think you hey. made one of these before. Yeah, we've I've definitely this. drunk them a few times in various establishments. I think we've definitely had one on the show before. I think you yeah, made I one have. back in the back in the studio. Way way back because I have the um, blackberry liqueur that we used. I don't know where I got it from. I think I stole it from the, <laughs> the studio. Um, I don't. Or can you steal something it? that's rightfully yours? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, bramble. So if you, I mean, I don't remember when what, what show we had it on, but basically, it's gin. Blackberry liqueur, uh, simple syrup, and lemon juice. And I, you know what? It, it does lovely. actually, yeah. It's one of those things, isn't it? Where it's like, it sounds simple, but really nice. Bramble's delicious. I swear I've had a longer one. Oh, Maybe in like a fizzy water drink. or something? Yeah. I feel like that. Yeah, I feel like that, would, that wouldn't go amiss. In fact, I've got some fizzy water. Safety is like a summery drink, doesn't it? Yeah. In it was, summary. It's, it was said, hey... <laughs> So, Chris, what do you have for us today? 
Well, we're, we're still in the 60s and we're going to hey. stick stick around in uh, in the States. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week, obviously, JFK got it in the head. Do you think if he'd hung around... And he got shot too. <laughs> <laughs> Maryland. If, if he'd hung around, do you think it would have had... What impact do you think it would have had on the civil rights movement had JFK not been got? I think it would have been good. I think he was pretty up for it. So do you yeah, think he's that like quite progr- he's quite up for it? He's quite progressive. It was one of the reasons why they uh, he got done in because he was a, he was too liberal for certain people in America. Yeah. So okay. yeah, like, we don't we don't like that. Yeah, I think I'd, I think I'd agree. I think I'd agree. I don't think it would have been like let's because this is we're in 1965 now, by the way. Yeah, but I don't I, think it would have been like uh, like a cure all if JFK was had not been. No, shot. no. I, I, this is a thing. Like a lot of people do that where they're like, oh, well, he would have fixed everything. It's like no, no, no. Because I mean, for, a, for eight years, they had a black president, and that did do and nothing. That did nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing. There were black presidents in movies before there was a real black president. <laughs> yeah. Also, he did spend the majority of his term being like, don't be scared. It's just me. It's just, yeah. and, and getting not really enough done. So uh, yeah. I think they're probably like two black presidents away from it's, yeah, it's, being, it's hard to, like, it's, what, it's hard to do one being allowed to get stuff done. When every time you show up, you're like, it's all right. I'm supposed to be here, guys. Don't worry, <laughs> it's everybody. But it's the reason that Obama had Biden as his running mate in 2008, because they were like, he won't make um, Obama seem scary to small town America because yeah. Joe Biden is pretty staid and on the right of the party. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, don't worry. I've brought my old president. white friend with me. To yeah, exactly. I've this old white guy, and there's okay. a Biden shows up going like, "Let me tell you about this guy I knew called Corn Pop." It's like, oh, stop oh, yeah, telling corn, corn, corn Pop story. I'll tell you a goddamn Corn Pop story. Thanks, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> the the story we're doing is the <clears throat> the murder of um, uh, Viola Luizzo. L I U. ZZO. How would you Louis say that? <laughs> Louis though. Um, uh, don't don't Google us, otherwise you'll get spoiled. Oh, sorry. I was going to see if I could work out how to say her uh, name. <clears throat> oh, you, um, get, you get Google to do it. Yeah, yeah. The Google does it wrong. It's like bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> Be great actually if you put if you ask it to pronounce Franco and it says it like the way Masood does. Everything going from we were like, wow, Masood was spot on. Damn. Yeah, we thought Masood was just being borderline racist. Yeah, turns out I actually did the recording for Google. Yeah. He's, really <laughs> smug, he's really smug about it too. He's like, yeah, Masood's like, yeah, it's a little job I had where I had to do all the words on Google, including name pronunciations. <laughs> So, so yeah, I, I don't think JFK still being around would have like, it would have helped maybe a little bit. Yeah, yeah. it'd be better than like, what they like, got. But incremental. Uh, yeah. So we're now in March 1965. Yes. Viola was a civil rights activist. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was white. She was born in 1925. And uh, just before her 40th birthday, she heeded the call of Martin Luther King and went from Detroit, Michigan to Selma, Alabama, mm. which was called the Selma to Montgomery marches. Gotcha. Yes. There were three protest marches uh, along the highway from Selma to um, Montgomery. Mm-hmm. 
they were organized by nonviolent activists to demonstrate the desire of African Americans to exercise their constitutional right to vote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what they were for. That's what she did. She was driving back from shuttling fellow activists to the airport because she was helping them out. Mm-hmm. And um, she, her car was, she'd go in a car chase, basically. Her car oh, was pursued shit. by another car Whoa. containing members of the KKK. Uh, they shot at the car and she was killed. Fuck. Fuck. A fucking car chase. I was in a car chase once. What? Really? What? Yeah. Is it because wow. you were playing that getaway music? <laughs> was your um your mum had made you learn to drive to take it to the shops and it just got out of hand? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that thief. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, she, you, she, you wait for her outside the shop and she gets in and goes, Drive, what, what's happening? Keep the engine running, puts on a fucking ski mask and goes in. It's not cold out. I don't know why she's, oh shit. Ah. Um, yeah, so it was, we were in high school and like a bunch of some, uh, some young punks came up to our car and um, uh, what was it? Asked if we wanted to eat some chips or something. And we're like, and then. So, like they had some like uh, fish and chips chips in their hand mm-hmm. and we're like, nah, we don't want them. And my friend in the front's like, no, nah, I don't want it. And like the guy kept forcing it in his face and he's like, nah, and he pushed him out and then he punched my friend in the face. <gasps> and we're like, oh shit. Uh, and he like tried to grab him out of the car. And I'm like, oh, this is getting weird. I'm in the back. Just like, what's going on? And so then we reverse and the guy like, you know, stumbles out of the, out of the way of the car. Mm-hmm. He's still had his arm and he stumbles out. And then like, we drive off and then they're chasing us like and we're like oh shit like in their car behind us and it was a pretty <laughs> low stakes this is because your friend wouldn't take any chips yeah yeah, yeah. what and the then, fuck uh, they chase us around for a bit but my friend kept like putting the indicators on <laughs> and like, Dude, we're in a fucking car chase don't be lame uh, and then eventually like they they like we took a few fast corners and you know like a couple of the classic car chase things where you're like you know you out of the way boxes yeah yeah yeah. cardboard boxes there was a fruit stand yeah Uh, there was an old lady walking a dog (laughs) two guys with a pane of glass (laughs) (laughs) baby in a carriage like in battleship potemkin yeah it's a (laughs) then uh yeah it was a couple of um uh san francisco style uh downhill jumps <laughs> there's a dead end there's a dead yeah. end coming up and then your friend had to get the car up on a ramp and then drove it oh, yeah, sideways we drove on two wheels and we go <laughs> yeah, through, um, so yeah it was no passing. stakes but eventful uh and then um we we stopped and then they caught up to us and then they basically like they sort of had like a chat they were gonna fight and then they sort of like they all got out of the car and this is the thing that's like this story ends with a really lame ending because basically they all like talked it out and i was like oh what we did a car chase and y'all are just like, all right, I think we've had our fun. <laughs> this is such a crazy story, Masood. The things you got up to. I, like, I believe it happened, though. Yeah. Because it's not like you're exaggerating, like, and then this happened. And then that happened. Oh, it's just, yeah, we just. It's, it just sounds like a crazy event. It feels like the, the guy's chasing you as they got out of the car yeah. and then walked up to your car again. Yeah. They were like, oh, shit, this is what are we do? What are we thinking? Yeah, what we do? Yeah, it's just like I think we've uh, we've all, we've chip all misunderstood. What's going on. It felt like a good idea at the time. Yeah, and then like I think we may have broken several traffic laws. Uh, <laughs> we're all very sorry. <laughs> so, um, so but my car chase didn't end up in anyone being murdered. So, well, yeah, uh, Viola was uh, was killed. Yeah, fuck man, Jesus, that's fucking nuts. 
because that sounds like something out of a film like that's sort of kkk thing like so like, oh and they chased her and like they fucking shot the car up that's nuts yeah so what happened was the, these these three marches had happened yeah. yeah after the third one ended viola who uh, was assisted by a 19 year old black guy called leroy Motton, uh they continued uh taking people to and from the airport oh, okay uh, I see. But so she they were was, like a shuttle service. Yeah, and she was warned um, by the by a veteran of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, the SCLC. That doesn't sound good. It was a, it was an African American civil rights organization oh, I based see. in Atlanta. Okay. Right. Oh, they're like, hey, watch out in these parts. Oh, whose first president? Yeah. Whose first president was Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, gotcha. Of course, <clears throat> right. James Orange, veteran of the uh, SCLC, he said it was too dangerous and that she not she should not go out to Montgomery. And then, as right. they were driving along Route 80, a car tried to force them off the road. It, it dropped its passengers in Selma. And then she and Leroy went back to Montgomery and it's when they were getting petrol. They were subject to abusive calls and like a lot of racist slurs. Mm. Viola stopped at a red light. She was driving. She stopped at a red light. And then a car with four members of the local KKK pulled up alongside her. When they saw a white woman and a black man in a car together, they followed as she tried to outrun them. Um, And as they overtook the car, they shot directly at her and shot her twice in the head. Okay, the no, car that's, veered into a ditch. that's overkill. The yeah. car veered into a ditch, crashed into a fence, and then Leroy was covered in blood, but the bullets had missed him. Mm. And then he played possum when yeah. the KKK reached the car to check on the victims. And then after they left, he began searching for help. He flagged down a truck, uh, and um, it was driven by uh, Reverend Leon Riley, who was also shuttling civil rights workers. Oh, that's so fucking lucky though, man. Because that, yeah. that, that shit terrifies me. Like, imagine if he'd come out and it's like a, another bunch of KKK. Yeah, another crazy out. racist. Yeah. Mm. I was like, did you hear? There's this fucking story about. Uh, this is a slight tangent, but it, it, it terrifies me because it's in the same vein of that. Of like, mm. there was a. Do you remember Nexium? That weird set. Yeah. That uh, the woman from Smallville was in. Yeah, really. So somebody weird. went to investigate it. This this fucking reporter. Mm. And uh, he tried to get out. Like he got in and like the way they do that classic cult thing where they're like, they feed you terrible food mm. and they fucking break you down and say mm-hmm. you're a piece of shit. So you don't want to leave. And you can't leave physically because you're like not able to because you're not yeah. food. He like, and they take away your phone. Eventually he sort of like finds a way to fucking escape and he's like trekking out. And he gets to a farm and he's like, hey, I'm fucking up the road. There's this crazy fucking cult. You got to get me out of here. The farmer's like, yeah, sure. I'll drive you to help. Gets in the truck, he drives him right back to the front fucking gate. Amazing. Eventually the guy gets out. Yeah. But like, that's, I mean, imagine that. You're in the middle of fucking, you know, Southern, South, Southern America. Mm. It's, you know, it's not like in the UK where in the UK, in, in Britain, wherever you are, you, even if you have to walk for two hours, you'll find a little town or village. Yeah, we're gonna say like a little that. chef, which would have been yeah, true. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was a point. I mean, in America, you can walk for days and find nothing. Nothing, and oh god, oh that's fucking spooky, man. But yeah. it's lucky that he got picked up by this reverend, who was also helping. yeah, <clears throat> yeah, a sympathetic reverend as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. Yeah. Um. So so um. That's what happened to Viola. So why are we talking about it? Do we know who did it? Is that what the mystery is? We know who did it, oh. um, and uh, but there's there's some intrigue there, okay, as well. We may know who did it, Chris. You're saying. Well, we 
Yeah, so, uh, the okay, so it's technically an unsolved murder, but then again, that's a technicality. It's, yeah. it's basically, it's it's basically because people. the state of Alabama could not secure a murder conviction. Right. 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 But that does not mean we do not know who did it. No. Tell me you did this. Okay, you Let ready? Let me at them. Are they famous? There were four clan members in the car. Right. Oh. A guy called Collie Wilkins. He was 21. A guy called Gary Rowe. He was 34. A guy called William Eaton. He was 41. And a guy called Eugene Thomas. He was 42. And they were arrested, quickly arrested as well. And oh, within 24 right. hours, President Johnson appeared on national television to announce their arrest. Right. Because oh. this story was huge. Yeah. Mm. Viola's funeral was held on March 30th, which was literally like five days after the, the murder. Yeah. With prominent members of both the civil rights movement and the government there to pay respects, including Martin Luther King and Jimmy Hoffa. Whoa. What? They what? were at her funeral. Jimmy Hoffa was there? Jimmy yeah. Hoffa, famously in The Irishman. Yes. <laughs> and in the film Hoffa. Oh, yeah. You know that film Hoffa? With Jack Nicholson. It's not about yeah. Jimmy Hoffa, is it? About Jimmy Hoffa. Wow. Is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson. I love played. it. I love that there's that, that that Jack Nicholson and Al Pacino have played the same person. Yeah. I know. We gotta get the unions, okay? We gotta get them working. <laughs> and it's not outside the realms of possibility, right? Because because Jack Nicholson has worked with Scorsese. He could have like if Al Pacino wasn't interested, maybe oh, he could imagine. Have, maybe Jack Nicholson oh. could have reprised Hoffa. <laughs> I'm going to oh look. I think God. more people have played him as well. Let's find out. Oh, yeah, loads more people. In the 1978 film FIST, there's a character called Johnny Kovac who is based on Hoffa, played by Sylvester Stallone. Wait, Sylvester Stallone? Wow. And Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, he was, he was called Johnny Kovac. <laughs> it, it ain't about how hard you can unionize. <laughs> In the 1984 television film, The Jesse Owens Story, Hoffa Mm. is portrayed by Tom Bosley. What the hell did Jesse Owens have to do with? Yeah, I'm really struggling to find that link. Jesse Owens, famous of the 1937 Olympics. He's not. Yeah. Jesse Owens is quite an interesting and very sad story. He couldn't get any sponsors. Yeah. So when he retired, he had no money at all. That's Uh, fucking rubbish. Because he was black, so no one would sponsor him. It's mental. Um, He meets with Jimmy Hoffa. This obviously really happened. Um, He meets with Jimmy Hoffa to try and get more black truck drivers and cab drivers in Chicago. He is very hesitant about this, but speaks to Hoffa's men in a speech. The authorities get wind of it, and the governor asks him to resign as secretary of the Illinois Youth Commission. There we are. It's just a lot of red tape. It's basically Iron Man 2. Most American entertainment is red tape. We scoff. We scoff at the Star Wars prequels that George Lucas made, but in American fiction, stuff like trade routes is trade embargoes very, are very, hot. very, very entertaining stuff. Do you know what? It's really interesting because the prequels are, are I think, are bad. But yeah. the one thing I actually don't mind is that it's a taxation on trade routes that kicks off the whole conflict. I quite, <laughs> I quite enjoy that as a. Do you know? I think yeah, that's like, like a starting point. Yeah, it, it, it puts everything into motion, doesn't it? So it's, it's just like, so much on it. <laughs> It's, it is, it's, <laughs> there's an entire point, like at least a 15 minute segment in the film in which there is a, almost like a United Nations. I, yeah, that's Senate. Yeah. I know that like, oh, I know that, God. I know that you've got, 
I know that you've got like it's an epic battle between good and evil, but what eventually let, lets evil take over is the taxation on trade routes. <laughs> and he's able he's able to take political advantage of it. I think that is almost almost a stroke of genius. Almost. Almost. It's what's, yeah. what lets it down. What lets it down is that everyone was clamoring for 16 years for a brand new Star Wars film. Yeah. And then it goes Duh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Duh, and then that music comes in, and everyone's like, oh my god, I'm so excited. And then the epic scroll comes and it goes, Taxation on trade routes. And everyone's like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Huh? It's uh, maybe it's maybe like something from a wiki. Yeah. yeah. You know, like Star Wars wiki, and there'd be like a lengthy just think about the trade embargoes i think that is like honestly even when i was 14 um i was like do you know what fair play yeah i didn't I... see the old star wars films until after the prequel oh, so amazing. yeah so oh. i went to the cinema and saw phantom menace when i was 14 and sat there yeah. like this sucks <laughs> you people love it was, like i did the same thing i was like they hated jar jar binks i, I, hate, already... I was so bored um, oh. <laughs> i'd seen i'd seen the original three obviously mm. but uh yeah i remember like i remember going, like that's why it sticks in my head about being so excited to see the phantom menace yeah and then taxation on trade routes and i was like what this is yeah. like hang on are you sure this is star wars yeah, I was sat there going, this is the thing people like. And then the pod racing stuff is exciting, obviously, because it's car chase. I love those. I'm like Masood. Uh, <laughs> so I was watching the car chase and I thought, yeah, that's fun. Where were we? Oh, yes. So we, we know it's these four. Yeah. Oh, and so it's her funeral, which was five days but later. Let, yeah, let's talk about the four people that did it, right? Yeah. Collie Wilkins, Gary Rowe, William Eaton and Eugene Thomas. They were very quickly arrested. And then President Linda Johnson announced their arrest live on telly. Yeah. Those yeah. sound like like KKK member names, you know what I mean? Like those are very much, they're very- And he made a very big deal of, yeah. uh, Johnson made a very big deal about how much the FBI was doing to solve the case. Oh, like, we're on okay. it. We're yeah. on it. We're gonna, we're gonna nail these guys. It feels like he's definitely taking a, a thing of like, he knew, politically he knew that, you know, obviously JFK's trajectory with that. So he's like, ooh, better, uh, better. So- the charges of the four of them. Mm. So it was basically a really long process and it was a federal trial charged the defendants with conspiracy to intimidate African-Americans under the 1871 Ku Klux Klan Act, which was a, a reconstruction civil rights statute. Okay. Is that something they did recently? So they went, right, we're going to like. Uh, basically um, the uh, enforcement act of 1871, also known as the KKK act, uh, uh-huh. It was an act of the United States Congress which empowered the president to suspend the writ of habeas corpus to combat the KKK and other terrorist organisations. That was in 1871. They recognised the KKK as a terrorist organisation. Fucking hell. Okay. Um, they were charged under that, which obviously, eagle ears, you'll know that's not a charge of murder. No. Yeah. Is that because they can? Um, that's is it, it's like kind of like the tax the tax thing with Capone. It's like we get you on a technicality, and then we can then yeah, we got you. maybe. And also, it's probably because they were like, this is the one that will probably stick. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Rather than rather than murder, even though they shot it twice in the. I mean, they could even well. surely, surely manslaughter at the very least if they're going to you know. Yeah. Yeah. You would think. Oh but, God! It makes you sick. Uh, Gary Rowe. He uh, he'd been involved with the. Uh, KKK for a couple of years. Uh, the Eastview Clavern 13 was the most violent chapter of the KKK in American history. 
Oh, God. And he helped plan and lead uh, a violent mob attack against the Freedom Riders in Anniston, Alabama. And the Freedom Riders, this is in 1961, so a couple of years before, were civil rights activists who rode the buses into segregated southern United States in 1961. They were a mix of white and black people, but they would they would ride the buses into segregated areas together. Oh, shit. Yeah. They were called the Freedom Riders, and Gary Rowe helped plan and lead a violent mob attack against them. He worked together with the Birmingham Police Commissioner, Bull Connor. (laughs) Bull Connor. (laughs) And Police Sergeant Tom Cook, who was an avid KKK supporter, to organise violence against the Freedom Riders with local KKK chapters. And they assured Rowe... Basically, the police assured Rowe that the mob would have 15 minutes to attack the buses before any arrests were made. Fuck me. That's like horrible. 15 yeah. minutes head start. Off you go. Oh my God. What the fuck? So <clears throat> Roe admitted to using a baseball bat during the attack. The mob attacked uh, one of the Greyhound buses, which was carrying the Freedom Riders at a bus station, Aniston, on the May the 14th, which was Mother's Day. They mm. slashed the tires. They set the bus on fire with the Freedom Riders still inside. Fuck. They held the doors shut, right, intending oh. to let them burn alive. Oh, fuck. But a small explosion frightened them and they left. They, they jumped back from the door. So that meant the Freedom Writers could leave. But as they did Fuck that, they were, badly, they were badly beaten by the mob and many had to be taken to hospitals, which refused to treat them. So the oh. um, now let's uh, recap. It's shit. It's really so, yeah. so, but yeah. but of all of these, right? You've got the pieces of shit that wouldn't treat them. You've got the pieces of shit that organ- that, that like um, uh, attacked the bus. You've got the pieces of shit policemen that let them do it. You've also yeah. got at the top of this, Gary Rowe, who helped plan and lead it. Mm. Of, 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 of a sea of pieces of shit, mm. he's risen quite like no. Yeah. He's almost like a buoy in a sea of shit. Yeah. yeah. Bob, Bob. Uh, bobbing around. The Freedom Writers were attacked by the KKK again in Birmingham, Alabama. And once again, Gary Rowe played a central role in the mobbing with the help of Bull Connor. The KKK used iron pipes, baseball bats, and bicycle chains to beat the freedom, fight, freedom Riders as they left the bus. And then two years after that, in 1963, Gary Rowe helped perpetrate the 16th Street Baptist Church bombing that killed four young black girls. <sighs> it was a white supremacist terrorist bombing of the 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama, in 1963. Mm. One of the Klansmen who eventually were convicted of that bombing uh, named Rowe as the guy that had bombed the church. But these, okay, right. obviously these four, these these things you've told us is because of like the corrupt cops is why they never kind yeah. of. Mm. And again, this is sort of like, where's America at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, right. Investigative records show that Roe, who obviously knew how to use dynamite, had mm. twice failed polygraph tests when questioned as to his involvement in the 16th Street Baptist Church bombing. Oh, this is still when they were now, just fucking listen, using. We all know about polygraph tests. Yeah, right? exactly. They're still like, your polygraph. <laughs> but that's only one bit. It's not like it's, it's not like it's the only thing resting on whether or not he was telling the truth. No, exactly. It's, like, it's one thing in several. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it still cracks me up how in TV shows, as soon as you hear the polygraph is still somehow as a TV trope, a credible thing to catch yeah. a character out. And it's like, we all know, like as a society, generally we're like, polygraphs are dumb. They don't they work. They use it in, yeah. um, in Mission Impossible 5, don't they? Yeah. And you're like, we all know this is garbage. They're only like- they're only good for they can force a confession from someone. Yes. So someone who's holding out can do a polygraph, and sometimes they'll be like, "Oh, okay, fine, I did do it." Yeah. 
you can't use it in court. No, it's not. Yeah, that's the other thing as well. It's like it's completely mm. pointless because it's, you can't use it. That brings us then to the murder of Viola. Yes. Yeah. Which Roe was obviously involved in. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in the car with the three others. It sounds uh, awful lot by going by his track record. He probably helped organize. Yeah. Your head, this whole thing. Now, wow. Let's let me tell you something else about Gary Rowe. He was an FBI informant. <gasps> what? what? Whoa. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What's his name? Jack Nicholson's character in The Departed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're like, I'm an informant. Frank Costello. Yeah. Based on Whitey Bulger. Of course I talked to the FBI. (laughs) (laughs) Of course I talked to the FBI. (laughs) I am the FBI. (laughs) And he's dying for so long. He's like spitting out blood and he looks like a monster. That's right after after Ray Winston's gone, fuck it. (laughs) Fuck it. <laughs> I forget um, your mother was so nice to me and I cut your fucking balls off. What do you think of that? <laughs> so um yeah, he was an undercover informant fucking who hell. had not only this, right? When he successfully infiltrated the Eastview Clavern 13, the most mm-hmm. violent chapter of the KKK, he began receiving payments from the FBI for services rendered personally approved by J. Edgar Hoover. Oh, fucking Hoover, man. They call him that because he did the cocaine. No, they don't. That's not what they call him. (laughs) But now let's circle back to, I made a point of saying when Lyndon B. Johnson went on TV, he made a point of the, how much the FBI was doing to solve the murder. Yeah. Probably in order to avoid bad press and an attempt to divert scrutiny away from the fact that Roe was an FBI informant mm. and protected by the FBI. Mm. That means protected by the FBI. That means that the four of them were arrested, but obviously Roe had immunity. <sighs> and oh, the other three yeah. were convicted of the federal charges. It's, uh, it's, it's dirty work, this. It's real dirty work. Uh, I don't like it. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's exactly how I feel like I've been out all day and then i slipped over in some mud and i've gotten back home and i'm like ah oh. and then and then for some reason there's no hot water so i've got to like 
what I just use like wet wipes or something to wipe. And I'm like, I'm not enjoying this. This is all. <laughs> yeah. FBI informant, fucking hell. Oh, God. And so he's just there, like, involved in killings, going, hey, guys, yeah, it was them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, exactly. yeah. So within 24 hours of Viola's uh, murder, mm-hmm. um, J. Edgar Hoover began a smear campaign to the press and to, to subordinate FBI agents and to select politicians claiming that the cut marks from the car's shattered window mm-hmm. were actually, this is on um, Viola's body, that the cut marks from the shattered window were actually puncture marks in her arm indicating recent use of a needle. No. Oh. And that she was sitting very, very close, that it has the appearance of a necking party. Basically, J. Edgar Hoover was then trying to s- s- smear her to say oh. that he was a heroin addict and a, you know, they that and whole... a fast girl. Yeah, but not just that. They used to say because what, what did they what did they used to call white people that were sympathetic to um, the civil rights movement? Oh, so it, it's a horrible word, but nugget that, that, lovers. That's yeah. what oh, I see. Yeah. Like yeah. from uh, like from the. Uh, classic musical assassins that I for some uh, reason explained yes. in depth last week. Uh, um, yes, yeah, that's what they. That's right. That's right, they, uh, right. Yeah. So while attempted to obscure the fact that an FBI informant was in the car and to ensure that the FBI was not held responsible for permitting their informant to participate in such acts, <sighs> uh, without FBI surveillance or backup, the FBI was then concerned that they might be held accountable for. Um, Roe's involvement in the death because Roe had been an informant for the FBI since 1960 that's five years by this point Uh, that means that the FBI was well aware that he like played his part in acts of violence I've just told you two of the other cases that he had right some of these activities included those Um, Uh and then on the day of her murder prior to it Roe had called his FBI contact and notified him that he and other Klansmen were travelling to Montgomery and that violence was planned. During the investigation, the F- this is quite crucial, during the whole investigation, the FBI never once tested Roe's own gun or bullet casings for his fingerprints. Mm. It is, it, it, I guess the thing that I'm finding hard to swallow a little bit is just like, he just calls up and he's like, yeah, we're going to do bad things. See ya. And they're like, I guess we'll just have to wait until the bad thing happens before mm. we can do anything. It's like, isn't, but, what's the point of having an informant if that's what we're going to... Autopsy testing but, in 1965 showed no traces of drugs in her system and mm. that she hadn't had sex recently at the time of death. No. Um, not, I mean, we knew that. No, of course. But yeah. Um, and then, and the, if she had, you fucking... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, exactly. Uh, it's, not, it's not our fucking like, business. Well, to be fair, if she had been doing heroin and having sex with um, these guys who were her friends... <laughs> well, this has turned bang, my opinion bang. on the case upside down. Yeah, no. exactly. Um, the, the, uh, the FBI's role in this smear campaign wasn't uncovered until 1978. Jesus. When Viola's children obtained case documents from the FBI under the Freedom of Information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've a lot of the... Um, uh, initial based uh, crime, whatever they are, are not great. <laughs> and just like a lot of the time, they're basically like a bunch of kids going like, let's get them. And then when it turns on them, they're like, let's not tell everyone yeah. what happened. Um, <laughs> yeah. You can get the PDF, by the way, of the uh, Viola Luizzo papers. Oh. So yeah, yeah the, 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 the FBI's role wasn't uncovered 
I mean, like the active role in the misinformation afterwards. Yes, wasn't that uncovered. wasn't uncovered until 1978 when her children um, got the got the information. Yeah. yeah, but there is something quite interesting as well, which is obviously it meant Roe had immunity. We'll come back mm-hmm. to Roe a little bit later because I want to you 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 want to know what happened to him, don't you? Yeah, yeah. But in the meantime, let's talk about the other three who were mm-hmm. arrested and tried. Yeah, yeah. Collie Wilkins, uh, William Eaton, and Eugene Thomas. They were indicted. Uh, on April the 22nd, um, which was the month afterwards. But Roe was a witness and Roe testified against them. He's an FBI informant. I guess he has to. Um, yeah. But obviously he testified that it was the other three, not me. Oh. Yeah, and yeah. What's quite fascinating about this is that where we are in American history and bearing in mind Viola is white. So I think this does play a part. Mm. But basically she was uh, because she, she was a civil rights activist, which wasn't a popular cause. Um when Collie Wilkins, William Eaton, and Eugene Thomas, when they were tried, again, it wasn't for murder because they couldn't secure a murder conviction. On December the 3rd, all three of them were found guilty by an all-white, all-male jury, which was a landmark in Southern legal history. Hmm. Wow, this is great. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm like, yes. It's okay. such a bare minimum, obviously, but it is. But I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Is there a rug pull coming? They were found <laughs> yeah. guilty, and each fine $10. Uh, so all white, an all white, all male jury in in a southern state found three KKK members guilty. Amazing! Yeah. They were sentenced to ten years in prison. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I bet they wouldn't have been found guilty if they'd shot a black guy. It was because they shot a white woman. That's that's why mm. I said I think it's yeah. important to to note that she was white. Definitely. Um, ten years. So all three then were convicted of the federal charges. State murder cases proceeded against. Eaton and Thomas. Eaton, who was uh, he was the only defendant who remained out of jail. He died of a heart attack on March the 9th the following year. Right. Thomas's state murder trial, which was the final trial, got underway like over a, like a year and a half later, basically in September mm-hmm. 1966. Uh, the prosecution it was basically circumstantial uh, case in the trial that concluded an FBI ballistics expert testifying that the bullet removed from the woman's brain had been fired by Eugene Thomas. And then two witnesses testified that they'd seen Wilkins, Collie Wilkins, drinking beer uh, 125 miles from the murder scene an hour or less after Viola was shot. Yeah. This jury had eight black people on it. Mm. Okay. Despite that, Eugene Thomas was acquitted of the murder charge <sighs> the following day after just 90 minutes of deliberation. Why? 90? Fucking hell. And then Richmond Flowers, the state attorney general. Mm. <laughs> He um Dick Flowers. <laughs> uh, Richmond Flowers. Flowers. He uh he criticized the verdict, deriding the black members yeah. of the panel who had been yeah. carefully screened as Uncle Tom's. Oh uh, mate. Yeah. That's I mean, look, I'm not gonna lie, that's not a fun term. We don't enjoy hearing it. No. <laughs> uh, maybe uh, they've been paid off. I think they had been. I um, feel like they might on have uh yeah. on April the 27th, 1967, so just over two years after. The uh, Fifth Court of Appeals in New New Orleans upheld federal convictions of the surviving defendants. Eugene Thomas served six years in prison for the crime. And then due to threats from the Ku Klux Klan, both before and after his testimony, Gary Rowe went into the Federal Witness Protection Programme. I wondered if that was coming. Yeah. Right. So, there you go. Whole new life given to him. Yeah. He uh, was relocated to Savannah. With it. 
He goes to mm. Savannah. Okay. Uh, in Georgia, which was his hometown. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I know what? where he works for the U S marshals and also for a private security company. And then he obviously was never convicted. Um, but he resurfaced in 1975 before a congressional committee. And okay. In order to conceal his new identity, he wore a cotton hood. Uh, uh, right. Read the room, dude. Yeah. <laughs> this, will, this will hide me. Yeah. He, told, <laughs> he told the Senate committee that the FBI had known and approved of his violence against black people. He testified that the they FBI love it. Yeah, yeah. He testified <laughs> that the FBI did nothing to stop the violence, even when he gave them advance warning. This fucking nine- pig. Yeah, it's easy for him to fucking say. In that. 1978, mm. he confessed to killing an unknown black man in a riot with a firearm, which was a previously undisclosed crime. He just admitted to it. By making this confession, one of the investigation memos suggests that Roe may have been bargaining for blanket immunity for whatever occurred while he was an informant. Oh. Jesus. I, I pissed behind a bar once. I don't get arrested for that, do I? Yeah. I, I mean, sure, you don't, but immunity... Imagine if they got him on that, like, uh, with Al Capone and his tax... Yeah, taxes. yeah, indecent exposure. We got <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we've got reports that... And he's like, Ooh. Oh, a child saw your penis. You're going to jail. Um, <laughs> he died of a heart attack in 1998 at the age of 64. Mm. Uh, he was buried under the name Thomas Neil Moore, the name given Which to him by the Witness a, Protection yeah. Programme. And he had become bankrupt, so he died bankrupt. Oh, penniless, <laughs> a penniless loser. <laughs> uh, just, he wrote I, an autobiography. Oh wow! Don't bother. Um, my undercover years with the Ku Klux Klan. Oh fucking hell! Hey guys, I'm a real good writer. Oh, I hope it sold like three copies. His, yeah. well, it, it was. It was actually. Google this to look at the Wikipedia entry. Uh, it was adapted into the NBC TV movie Undercover with the KKK starring Don Meredith as Roe. Oh, Have a look at the uh, poster for it. Was it Undercover? Undercover. My, what was it called? It's called Undercover with the KKK, 1979 Undercover NBC TV movie. With the KKK. It's such a um, 70s uh, TV movie title. Yes. Undercover. Oh, it oh, Jesus Christ. Ah, oh, John Meredith. He's like, finally, I get to play a terrible racist. Hey, Slim Pickens is in it. Yep, as Yancey Hicks. <laughs> Clifton James is in it as well. Wait, Slim Pickens, is he your man? You know his face. Was he in... Uh... Strange he in Blazing Saddles? Yeah, and Strange Love. Yeah. Oh, shit, he's that guy. Yeah, he's the oh yeah he's um he's the one. That, what in the wide wide world of sports is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> well, did you know that he had a brother called Easy Pickens? Ah, he did. did he? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. He did. No, he did. Oh my god, I'm looking up. He did. Easy Pickens. <laughs> Easy Pickens. No way. Oh, what was it when we were talking about this undercover with the KKK? There was something else. Oh, something I. Oh fuck. Was it something um, I'll, I'll I'll just do one last. If you maybe you remember, and then put it yeah. at the end because there's a there's one tiny last little thing, which is the um, uh, Viola's children mm. sued the FBI. Oh, good. They bloody well um, should have. Did they yeah. Win? When when was that? Uh, so sort of like early eighties after they'd found out about what had happened. So right. on May the twenty seventh, nineteen eighty three, eighteen years after the murder. Um, uh, a judge called uh, Charles Wycliffe Joyner 
Ah. He rejected the claims in the family's lawsuit and said, and I quote, there was no evidence the FBI was in any type of joint venture with Roe or conspiracy against Mrs. Luito. Roe's mm. presence in the car was the principal reason why the crime was solved so quickly. Right. Okay. And then in response to the verdict, uh, the, the family's lawyer said, this is a terrible opinion. I'm shocked. I think this is incredible. Get <laughs> oh. yeah, this. In August 1983, the FBI was awarded $80,000 in court oh costs. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, wow. this is all good info as we go into Killers of the Flower Moon, our most anticipated film of all time. Yes. Uh, oh my be God. like, this never should have been born. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so that's that, really. Um, I guess... The because no murder convictions were ever um were ever brought. Technically, it's an unsolved murder, but we know who did it. But I get, I think, and I think we know. I know where we all sit, which is the the the, the other question is is that do you think Roe was crucial to actually carrying it out, or do you think he was just along for the ride and informing for the FBI? What do you do if I if I turn? I went. Oh, I think they were right to do it. <laughs> I was like, oh, those guys were. I don't. I mean, like I listen. There's one thing which is informing on the FBI by infiltrating the um, KKK. Yeah, it's very. It's another thing to be organizing. Yeah, did, a lot have of that, the because you've got the inform um, attacks. What is it? The he knew he's got the immunity in his back pocket, so he know he's like, I'm just gonna go fucking nuts. It doesn't I mean, matter because yeah. I ain't going anywhere. So he's got that in his, in his, he's like, eh. it's like, I mean, um, you know, when sometimes, uh, when people suspect maybe that there's an informer, uh, yes. and they get them, they get them to do something to prove themselves. Oh yeah. 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 Like kill this guy. And then, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or like, I, I, I don't know whether like anyone would, and if they did, what's the moral thing there, but you know, it's, a, it's like in um, the departed where, um, DiCaprio's character gets, goes deep and like oh, he's. Yeah. He's intimidating that guy, shoots him in the knee and all mm. of that. Like, I think that character can live with that so that he can still mm. keep the cover intact. But right. what Roe was doing, it was like, n- like no, un- totally unnecessary because he yeah. could have still been infiltrated. He could have still informed and like given information to the FBI. He didn't have to then liaise with police to say, give us 15 minutes before we... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, before you come and uh, break this up. Yeah. So, yeah, Ro, Ooh. I think, was a piece of shit. Yeah, mm. oh, yeah. He was, uh, like, he... Uh, regardless of whether the FBI got to him, he would have still been a piece of shit. Yeah, this guy's a thing. fucking arsehole. Yeah. It's, like, it's almost inconsequential that the FBI... Like, I imagine mm. they got back to the office, like, we... I think we've asked literally the worst person to do this. <laughs> this is... Yeah. Oh, I've got a real piece of shit scum ass here. Who's yeah, going to be? He's going to be our informant. He's going to be our informant. Yeah. Is there a lot yeah. of money in being an informant? I think. There's... Oh, I can tell you what he got paid. Oh. Oh God. Um, that means yes, there was money. Uh, okay, so bearing in mind this is in 1960 when he first infiltrated them, he began receiving the, uh, payments. Do you remember that were up. personally approved by Jager Hoover, and yeah. the payments that he received from the FBI ranged yeah. from. 80 to 250 dollars with the addition of expenses right. that he would claim so it's like the government if you're if you're an mp you're on like 80 grand but you get your expenses and you're like i've built a duck house in my garden and also so and also it's like i don't I, I don't imagine 
look, listen, $80 isn't all that much. Obviously, it was more back then. However, however, it wasn't just one payment. Like, it doesn't say how many of these payments he got. Yeah, who knows if he was calling him once a week going, I got some more info for you on a racist. It ain't me. I need need to buy some dynamite, so I'm going to have to invoice you. Yeah. Yeah. Dynamite, what is this guy? Is he a fucking Acme cartoon? What is going on here? Um, I need a big anvil and, and uh, yeah, uh, in a box of dynamite. Can you hear that? I heard a bark. You could, can, no, it's not a bark. Basically, we get a lot of police helicopters. Oh, oh no. I there was a stabbing up uh, at the end of, like, really? Of my, yeah. Mm, oh, shit. Not oh, a no. nice area that I live in. Um, oh, dear. Uh, what was I about to say? Oh, yeah. So, um, Viola is buried under her own name, mm-hmm. mm. uh, whereas um, Gary no, Rowe is buried under a pseudonym. Because yeah, so I think there is some kind of like poetic justice in that. Yeah, mm. yeah, he isn't even buried under his own name. It's a uh, yeah. He's I, I do feel like the FBI really need to pick better people to inform for them, like. I feel like, is there even a process or they're just like, let's find the shittiest person. We've got a I bunch suppose, of money. Um, they have to pick the sort of people who are so scum sucking, they will inform. I mean, Henry yeah, Hill, that's right. yeah. uh, Henry Hill in Goodfellas is, he's not a good guy. No. Uh, he might not be as much of it. And, and what Goodfellas shows you is this guy who's like constantly just like, I'm shitting myself. I could be killed at any moment and couldn't get out. And, yeah. the, and witness protection was his way out. But the fact that he, they got out and he immediately was like, he did shit, he did shit, he did shit, he did shit. Yeah. Pointed them all out in the courtroom. Like, they, it's no one, no one with a spine becomes a true... Becomes, no, exactly. A lot of these informants don't have a well, spine. There's another thing. As well. Yeah, I suppose you hit the nail on the head there because let's... Um, I kind of, like, introduced Gary Rowe into the story as, oh, by the way, he was an FBI uh, informant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... He um, was recruited by the FBI uh, because they discovered they discovered that the clan was attempting to recruit him. So why were the clan attempting to recruit him? Because he's racist. Like, so he was yeah. a likely candidate. Yeah. 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 FBI, like we gotta to get to him first. Yeah, let's get to him. Then are your the real friends? Deal. Yeah, <laughs> we're your friends. Um, he was born uh, in 1933, which mm. means that he, if he Young. was alive now, would be as old as Michael Caine. Um, <laughs> he, uh, uh, they were at college together. He dropped out of high school to join the uh, Marine Corps, and then after his discharge, he attempted to join the sheriff's department, but his application was rejected because he didn't have a high school diploma. He was a nightclub bouncer. What? The high and school then, diploma is all it takes to be a sheriff. Are you serious? That's that's very minimal. I thought uh, it would have been something else. Uh, and so he earned he earned a living as a nightclub bouncer. Worked briefly with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, and oh, then he um, worse than the FBI. <laughs> he was recruited. He was recruited by the FBI because the the KKK were were trying to recruit him. So mm. um, I guess there is like something to be said about them knowing who they're going to recruit the FBI, but at the same well, time, it doesn't they're like, uh, yeah, he was called in front of the Senate committee in 1975. He also told them that the FBI obviously knew about 
everything that he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of that was that he was tasked with causing friction within the KKK by having sexual relations with some of the Klansmen's wives. Mm. Now, Jesus. If you're pissing off the KKK within the KKK, you're yeah. bad shit. Yeah. That's bad. But it also, I, I, I find that sort of thing mind-boggling. Like, um, here, have sex with some of their wives, will you? Okay. What if they don't want to? Ah, <laughs> uh, they will. It's they like, will, what do you mean? Not. Like, they're just going to, I don't get it. Yeah, tell yeah. the FBI. Actually, wait, no, don't don't tell him that. Yeah. Should, should he tell him that? No, he shouldn't tell him that. Um, but yeah, so uh, Gary Rowe, not innocent. No, absolutely hey. not. So yeah, that's that mid-60s. Still a long way to go. Jesus. Wowie zowie. Thanks, man. That's, that's fucking, that was nuts. Just a, uh, just a friendly reminder to everybody uh, that the FBI is rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> It fucking sucks. It's so fun because also like the FBI still, again, publicly, it's like what we talked about before where like certain agencies will step in when films or TV shows are being made about them so that they still have good press. And it's like the FBI still exists as this kind of like, the feds are here. Oh, no. And then we hear this and I'm yeah. like, the feds are here. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, the, the FBI, the shit. FBI in the X Files is the very is very different from the FBI in Succession. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, when the FBI are pouring into um, uh, Waystar Royco's building at the end of that third episode of the last season, oh, yeah. I was like, "Oh my yeah. god, I'm on my fucking feet!" And it just yeah. comes to nothing. You're like, "Oh yeah, of course." Of course it does. Yeah, yeah. Man, why would it? Yeah. Uh, I've been informed that uh, there are some federal agents uh, in the building. <laughs> Um, so if you see any of them, that's what that is. That's, that's what, what that is. is. <laughs> it's this little voice where it breaks. Is it? That's what that is. <laughs> oh, I love him. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, thanks so much, everybody. Yeah, cheers. Uh, you can see this on Patreon. That's if you want to watch us do our podcast, you can. Patreon.com/slash Mystery on the Rocks. You can tweet at us, twitter.com slash mystery on the rocks, but it's R-O-X rocks. Because X can give it to you. And you can email us at mystery on the rocks, spell C-K-S normal way. Mystery on the rocks at (laughs) gmail.com. I will um, take this opportunity to say that Aaron Poston has emailed us. Oh, Aaron Poston. Uh, And he said, uh, just made a new cocktail, which was really nice. Oh, used two shots of dark rum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two shots of passion fruit rum. Oh. A shot of gin. Uh-huh. And then topped up with a bit of orange juice. Oh, Ooh. the orange juice comes out of left field. Yeah. Called it, he called it a passionate sunset and it was absolutely delicious. So maybe let's sunset. try that. Uh, that I think we should delicious. try it. I think we should. Yeah, passion send in fruit your, rum. Send in your cocktail suggestions. Be like, hey guys, you should try this. And oh, then hear me go. I didn't because I've only got a bottle of gin. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll just drink this gin. I'm going to look up passion fruit rum. That sounds delicious. You say which one he used? No, I just said passion fruit rum. Okay. <laughs> um, that was. Should we say goodbye? Yeah. Yes. <gasps> Bye.
Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus.